everyone. You have found me and my podcast, Processing the Process. I am Lisa Tams, and I am just a mom who has supported and survived having two kids, actually that's two boys, apply, pre-screen, and audition for college musical theater programs. All of these steps together, I refer to, and many people do, as the process. Thus, the name of this podcast, Processing the Process. Going through it my first time around with my oldest son, I searched for something like this podcast, and I didn't find anything. And so I decided to fill that void. And that is how this podcast was born. I hope that by listening, other parents will benefit from my experience and get insight to this very specific process. So that's a little bit about me, this podcast, and what you can expect. On with the show. Enjoy. Welcome back. If you're returning from listening to other episodes prior to this one. And if you're just now finding this podcast for the first time, I'm so glad that you did. My hope is that after listening, you will feel more informed. So this is Processing the Process, and you are listening to episode 15, Great Things Will Come. And as promised, this is my conversation with my oldest son, not my oldest child, but my oldest son, Frankie. And I have talked about him several times leading up to this podcast. Again, that's all from my perspective. And this conversation is covering some of the same information and a lot of new information and it's all from his perspective. So we go back to the beginning and and cover how things evolved from fourth grade till now and there is so much good conversation here you are going to hear about how he is doing since moving to New York and starting his career there. He is in the position to be able to look back and look at now with such clarity. I <laughs> I know I'm his mom, but it's just amazing to me the wisdom and if you listen to episode 14 where I talked to Tommy, same thing. I mean, it's just like, wow. I'm just really so proud of them and their awareness. Yeah. So you are going to hear about what he has to say about Summerstock, Equity, Showcase, and what happens from there, meeting with agents preparing for the reality of transitioning and what life is looking like now after one month of having moved there. Lots of insight, lots of good information. Enjoy. 
Are we live on the podcast? We right are. Now? We are. We're well. Nothing's live. I mean, we're being. We're recording. How are you? Good. Doing good. Living the life. It hasn't been long that you've had your bartending job. No, this is the. I got here three and a half weeks ago. It seems longer. It seems shorter to me. Oh my gosh! No. Yeah, it doesn't feel like that to me. I don't know why. It's um, all exciting and new for you. Yeah. This is technically my second week. My second week of, like, really doing it, but my third week of, like, being there. Okay. Yeah. But I definitely feel, like, I feel comfortable now. Uh-huh. Which is good. That's great. And you like the people that you're working with? And... I do. Yeah, I really do. They're really nice. Lots of, there's, there's a, a lot of actors that work there. Um, not a lot, but, like, the guy who's, like, the, the bar manager is an actor as well. Mm-hmm. So he just, like, gets it. The girl that was serving today is an actress as well. Yeah, Very it's fun. a good crowd. Um, how do you pronounce the name of it? Empeon Taqueria. Okay. It's looking like for November and December, I'm going to be living with CCN girls. It's just a couple blocks north of where I'm living right now. Perfect. Have you seen it? Mm-hmm. Um, no, but I got pictures and it's like definitely an upgrade from where I am right now. <laughs> <laughs> and I'd be paying, I'd be paying about the same. That's good. Okay, so for the sake of listeners, and I have talked about you, but it's good to start from your perspective. Give your background a little bit on how you got started and how it progressed from there. I started I started in choir in fourth grade, I think. It's just, this is weird because I'm like describing it as if like you don't know this, but you know this, but <laughs> I'm still talking about it. Fourth grade choir was an extracurricular activity that was done at recess, and I remember hating it. I got in trouble because I never went. I went to recess instead. And in the sixth grade, the main choir teacher, Mrs. Gross, was having a baby at the time, and there was a guest teacher who was a young student teacher who later on became a teacher and on, and was also my voice teacher for six or seven years. His name is Nick Cool. Have you talked about Nick at all? I haven't. No. Nope, okay. Um his name's Nick Cool and he was a musical theater student at the University of Michigan. And so he was my f- very, very first if I had to trace back like where it all started, Nick Cool was the first influence or mentor that I had that saw something in me and pushed me to think about pursuing musical theater as a career. He was the first one that ever like put that idea in my mind. And the Mrs. Gross was also a big influence to me because she let me be a leader in choir class and saw that I was passionate about it and was very much supportive of me taking choir very seriously. And I did the school musical as well, which Mrs. Gross and Mrs. Duffield and Mrs. Dempsey, Mrs. Dempsey was the drama teacher Mm -hmm. and Stuffield was the producer but she did producing stuff but also assisted in a lot of other ways she was very much like influential with the kids as well and was very supportive but all of those people that I named were the beginning of me starting to develop a love they all noticed my passion for singing and then for acting as well and then I went on to high school and Ellen Bowen was the choir director freshman year she was the one that 
encouraged me to go to my first summer camp, mm -hmm. which was Interlochen School of the Arts in Interlochen, Michigan. Mm -hmm. I remember, so for this freshman year, we had just done Phantom of the Opera. Ellen, like my middle school mentors, could tell that I was very passionate. First, it started as singing, but then as I got older, I realized that it was actually doing musicals that I was really fond of. And she was the one that encouraged me to go to Interlochen. And I remember it was spring and she reached out to you and was like, Frankie needs to go. We looked into the application process and we were like really late. And I remember telling you, like, I would rather just wait until next year. Like, I don't feel like I'm ready. I don't know if this is something that like I want to look into further. And she was very much like, just, you might as well just send in the tape and just like, see what happens. And we sent in a video and they reached out and said that they wanted me to come. Being at Interlochen was the first time that I met other kids that shared the same passion for theater that I did and realized I didn't know up until that point, I guess Nick maybe had mentioned it to me a couple of times that you could, first of all, major in musical theater in a college setting. I had never been to New York and I didn't know that really acting was a career that people did. I guess I, I guess I did in a way because we would go and see shows that would come through Detroit, but I didn't realize that you could actually do it as a career. So interlocking was, was really the first time that I was like, okay, this might be something that actually I could do as an adult. Being there with other kids who were also mm -hmm. very talented. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm just thinking in terms of parents listening and them thinking, why send your child? Why was that important? That was important just because without the sense of community, I feel like you have to have a very specific personality to want to pursue this career without knowing that you have people that are also like-minded. Like if you grew up in the community back when back back when I was <laughs> so applying. long ago like it's so long ago it's not that long ago um but still I feel like things have evolved so much since then but anyway people had gone to school for musical theater out of our community but it wasn't something that really was people knew much about or was a thing that like people had done in the recent past it was kind of like there was a couple kids that had done it and Ellen knew that because she had been there um but I feel like be just being around people that are like-minded and also have the same fire for it that you do is just inspiring on its own. Whereas like if you're kind of doing it alone and you're at home and like you're the only one that is doing this, it just, you need like that motivation. You go and all of a sudden you're like, wow, there's all these people that are also like so passionate about this. It kind of lights your fire. At least it did mine. I came back and I was like, wow, like I'm excited about this. And More so than I was before as the parent observer, participating in those programs outside of your community, it affirms your interest and your passion or not. Mm -hmm. It can happen that way too. But you get on this track in your own community and without going outside of your own community and being with fresh... Being seen by fresh eyes and getting new advice from people that you are kind of strangers in a way. Yes, yes. Yeah, is very good. Right. And it gives you kind of like, okay, huh, this is something that I should hang on to as a possibility right, going forward. Right. right. Okay. And then you went on to do more summer programs. What was the significance of your other Each one. summer programs? I 
liked the progression of the programs that I went to. So interlocking happened summer after freshman year, summer after sophomore year, I went to impulse at the university of Michigan, which was also a big eye opener because I was on the campus of a musical theater program, like using the facilities that Michigan's program uses, which is the first time that I had experienced that. And that was very, very cool. And also I didn't realize it at the time, but even more so than interlocking the kids that were at impulse were very, very serious about this like it was kind of that thing where like like people say like dancers like if you're going to be a dancer you got to dance from the time that you could walk and like I felt like being at impulse I was around a lot of kids that either were just naturally super super talented maybe started doing this recently or like had been doing this for their whole life this is like truly their life and this has been their life's purpose for a long while that was the atmosphere there and it was very much a studious environment. It was just intense. It was not what you think of as like interlocking was like, oh, this is like camp still. And like, we're staying in cabins and Mm -hmm. we're like singing camp songs at night and waking up in the morning to like a bugle. Whereas (laughs) Impulse, I thought that it was like, oh, I'm at, I like, I feel like I'm in college. It wasn't, it was not like that. I remember asking the RA being like, is this what college is like? And he's like, no, this is not college. This is a lot more strict than that. It was very strict. I feel like looking back, I'm like, wow, that was like, kind like of strict like really... in what way? Like, what do you like mean? we weren't, we didn't have our phones. We weren't allowed to have phones. We weren't allowed to have phones at, at interlocking either. But for some reason, I feel like being, it was a year later. I don't know. I just felt like that was a big thing where like, I had to call you guys like on the landline mm-hmm. um, in our room. We had like homework assignments every night that we had to do and like readings that we had to do and all kinds of stuff. It was very much like it was school. That's what it felt like, at least. It was an intensive program. Mm-hmm. It was exactly like if you were serious about like playing hockey, let's say, and you were to go away to like a training camp for two weeks. You think of that like you wake up in the morning, you drill, you watch your tapes and you drill and you exercise exactly what it was, except for specifically musical theater. You acted, you sang and you danced all day long. And then you would literally like sat down in the classroom and did analysis mm-hmm. and stuff like that, which was really cool. And definitely like more so assured me that this is something that I'm very interested in because I'm doing this all day long and like, I'm still into it. Um, that was that experience. And then ArtsBridge was summer after junior year, which was a specifically a college um, audition prep camp. And so that was great timing for that, obviously, because it was going into my senior year. I needed material for auditions that I felt great about. ArtsBridge is great because they bring in people from a bunch of different universities and it's always changing. I guess you could say this is a promote ArtsBridge moment, but it's seriously like they are very, very good at what they do and they bring in great people. And I remember walking away and feeling very confident about the audition season coming up. Yeah, it was just another reassuring experience. Like I was with people that were preparing to pursue this in college and were preparing to audition. And as you started auditioning Mm -hmm. and like at Unified, did you end up seeing a lot of people that you had been in these programs with along the way? Oh my gosh. Yeah. I went to school with six people that I went to ArtsBridge with. Really? I I didn't know that. Six. And yeah, I remember like being at those camps and all the teachers were like, these are the people that you're going to live in New York with. You're going to be in shows with these people. And they weren't lying. 
obviously the people that I went to CCM with um, who went to these camps, I am still very close with because they were all in my class, but also people that I went to impulse with. I still have connections with all of those people, whether it's just like following them on Instagram or running into them at an audition. And I've met so many people too. I remember showing up at CCM and connecting with people. Obviously I knew the Artsbridge people that were in my class and that was great because I showed up and I already knew six people like decently well. And the community, you build these connections with other kids who are on your same path. Track. Yeah. Yeah. And- it really is like a small, all the teachers at these camps would say this too. And like, it's a small industry and it's really is how it is. Everybody knows everybody. It's mm-hmm. crazy. Um, moving on to the application and audition process and then acceptances and all that. Just sum it up. Sum it up. (laughs) Oh gosh, it's all blur. (laughs) It's all a blur. So one thing that we did, the two of us, is we went, and this is not, definitely not a necessity. And actually, maybe for some people, I would say don't do this because it definitely like lets you know exactly what the school is about and may like it makes you pick favorites which i would never suggest to anyone doing this process you're going to end up where you're meant to be and like don't pick favorites what i was going to say is we went and toured all of these schools and i had experiences at a lot of these campuses before i even auditioned for these schools which is i feel like rare i feel like a lot of people maybe don't go to the schools until after they're accepted Mm -hmm. um unless like it's nearby it's definitely cool to see but i would maybe wait do your best in the audition room and wherever you get in then go it's going to be more intense because you're going to have to go and tour all these places within probably like a two or three month period or less yeah so i'm trying to figure out how to sum all of that up into one little thing well just to tag on to what you just said being that it was such a foreign thing to me also You wanted some perspective on what exactly we were getting into. Totally. Like, I needed to know. I needed to know as much as I could going in. Right. And it validated that this was something that would be justified in investing in for you. And I didn't know, you know, people would say these are the amazing program. You'd read it, hear it. But mm-hmm. to go, you wanted to see it for your own eyes, yeah. See it, and also to be able—and I've said this multiple times—but to be able to see you like react to it, was it something that got you excited, or was it something that would make you go, "Ugh, uh, I don't." Mm-mm. Right, and and at first, at first, we didn't even know. We didn't know what was good and what was bad because we didn't know any better. Right, you know what I mean. CCM was the first school that we ever toured, and I remember the first time I saw it, I was like, "Uh, not for me." Mm-hmm. But then my perspective changed because I saw all these other schools and I saw what to compare it to. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And in that intense time of mm-hmm. waiting to hear back on your pre-screens and then going mm-hmm. to auditions and waiting to hear back on those auditions, what was it like and what would you have to say to somebody who you know is coming up About to it to help them? Mm-hmm. have well perspective isn't there like an audition common app now for, now for there is are all the schools doing that now actually i'm not well versed in it at all but yeah yeah well that's definitely an asset for sure because that didn't exist when i auditioned 
Um, I would say definitely try and have one song that you feel like you absolutely kill. That you know, like when you sing this song, you're it. Like you know it, they know it. I think that's really important to have like your one song that like you're going to sing at every school. It fits every requirement. Mm-hmm. You got to have material that you're super, super confident about. And it can't be over rehearsed. Mm. You have to be rehearsed enough to feel comfortable. And this is one thing that I did that I would say I would change if I could go back and do it again is I had like a monologue and maybe my songs were like this too. I don't really remember. I felt more loose in my songs, I feel like. But the monologue, I remember I had one way that I did it and that was the only way I could do it. And colleges will, like if they're interested in you, they're going to coach you on your stuff. You should be able to be flexible in your material, both in your songs and in your monologue. You can't just have your go-to secret bag of tricks that you do and you know that like it makes you marketable, but then they try and like coach you on something, which they probably will. And you can't do it any other way, Mm. you know, because you've literally pounded your material every day for six months preparing for this moment. And you know it too well. You can't know it too well to where like it's so locked in. Exactly. That's, that's a big thing. You have to be able to have a spark of freshness in the room. And then that goes professional auditions too. But I think that's important. And just stuff that shows you too. And everyone will tell you that. Everyone's like, like, show me you. Like, pick a song that's you. But like, they're right. And that's all part of like finding a song in a monologue that like you feel like is just like coming off of your tongue and just feels completely natural and authentic to who you are. And don't try to be someone that you're not. Uh And that also goes for this industry and also just anything. Whenever you're in an audition room, they just want to see who you are. You are enough. And if they're not interested, they're not interested. One thing about being able to do your monologue a little different way. Tommy, in one of his auditions, they asked him to do one of his monologues like he was on psychedelic drugs. Oh, yeah. I mean, it makes sense. They want you to switch it up. We called it at CCM. We called it shaking the baby. Mm -hmm. K. Jenny Jones will tell you to shake the baby. You can't do it the same way every time. Mm -hmm. It should be different. It should be influenced by so many different things, by the atmosphere of the room, by how you're feeling that day. In your college auditions, you should try to channel that. And do you think that practicing (laughs) that kind of spontaneity to sit down with somebody and for them to say, do it like you're five years old. Now, do it like you have a learning disability or, you know, whatever. Is, yeah, is just that to switch worth it up. To yeah, try to just to, go yeah. through those motions? Yeah, I think it's definitely like a muscle. Practice it trying different things. Then eventually you'll find what you like best. Nothing is ever, like, complete. There's always, like, different ways, different routes to go and different things to explore. So, like, you might as well start exploring them when you're preparing and then when you're in the room, it'll just be like you're used to doing it a million different ways. So whatever way they want you to do it and they're coaching you through, maybe you already done it kind of similar to that. And you can kind of go back to that and bring parts of that into the audition room. And then discerning your acceptances and deciding. What do you have to say about that? That is guidance. Definitely think if you have a chance to visit all your schools that you're accepted to, I think that that's important, especially the ones that you know that you're serious about. Um, if you can go while there's other students there and take classes and actually be a part of the student body for a day or two, like do that because that'll give you really good perspective on what it's like to go there. Because what you see at like an experience like that is 
similar. It's a good first impression of what the program will be like, but like, it's never going to be exactly what your experience is like there, mm-hmm. but it'll give you at least a good idea. But I definitely think like, if you're fortunate enough to be accepted to like a couple different schools, you got to go, you got to meet the students. I feel like meeting the students is the biggest thing. Mm-hmm. Meet the students, meet the teachers, just see if you feel like you, I mean, you'll know mm-hmm. when you go, you'll feel it. You know, you know, what's, what's good for you and what's not. And Am I right? Am I remembering right that you did an overnight at both Penn and CCM? I did. At Penn State, stayed overnight in an apartment with a student. I hung out with the students. I sat in on classes. I met the department chair. I had like the full immersion experience. And this was once I was accepted. I got walked around by a couple students, had dinner or lunch with someone that I went to camp with who was a year older than me that went there and her friend. And at CCM, I did the Accepted Students Weekend, which is very well organized and very much gives you like a great idea of what the program is like. And I think that all schools should do that because for sure. Not not that I would have like chose any differently if they didn't have that. I mean, they have people perform for you. You really get to meet the students. take a million different classes. You meet literally every teacher and different voice teachers and you see a show and I think this year they saw showcase senior showcase and freshman showcase Mm -hmm. like I mean it's just like really gives you like everything that's like the best of what CCM has to offer and I think that all schools if you can sell your school like that you're doing something right Mm -hmm. and I remember going to that weekend and being with my potential class people that were accepted that were deciding whether or not to go there and just being like yep this is it Mm-hmm. Like, I just felt it, you know, felt it. Mm-hmm. Once you were there, try to, in the capsule, capture your freshman year and your sophomore year and your junior year and your senior year. To describe each, what would you say? Yeah. Oh, Lord. That's a lot. <laughs> so much in such a short period of time. Okay. Freshman year, CCM, very, very intense. All 8 a.m. classes every day. Very intense. Your body took a while to like adjust to what doing this every day. We were dancing every day. We've been acting three days a week. I've had vocal coaching classes. We just very much like you were in it and you were doing it every day. I was in a show first and second semester. Um, It just like was very much like once I showed up, I was doing it. And if you're not 100% in it, like you'll know within a couple months. I mean, that's the most musical theater like I've ever had in my life was my freshman year of college. Mm. Very, very intense, but also like very fun. It was like what you would want your freshman year of college to be. It was still very much a college experience, which was really important too. Sophomore year, moved off campus into a house with classmates of mine. Was still very, very intense, but definitely was more like I felt like I was really there. I was settled in in Cincinnati. Was just like living the college life. Still very much felt like an underclassman, for sure. That's a big thing is you really feel the difference between being an upperclassman and an underclassman when you're in a program that's as tight-knit as a musical theater program. Because CCM, every year, obviously, it fluctuates. But between, like, 70 to 80 people in the entire program Mm. at any given time. And you guys don't Um, cross over with the acting program. Very rarely. Mm -hmm. Junior year was... Definitely like the year of a lot of like epiphanies and discoveries and like felt very satisfied like as an artist. And also there was a lot of breakthroughs junior year. 
and everyone always said that like, oh yeah, junior year, a big part of that was like, you took like class full time with Aubrey Berg, who is the department chair of, or was the department chair of uh-huh. CCM. Wow, it's crazy. <laughs> yeah. And that was a big thing that people looked forward to and that I look forward to and was definitely worth waiting the two years for to like really dive in with, with Aubrey junior year. Senior year was definitely my favorite year. As high stakes as it was, it was also like low stakes. Felt so like at home. Felt like I was the closest with my class. The class load was not super duper crazy. A lot of the time was focused on showcase, which was stressful yet rewarding. Yeah, that was college. And what about people who are going into a program and like you were probably a little behind in dancing and you know, other kids are going to be a little behind in one of the three, right? Were you worried about that going in? I wouldn't say I was worried. I mean, that's why you go to school for something is to improve. I was confident in myself in the sense that I had potential Mm -hmm. in dance specifically. Singing was always like my first thing. And then acting was kind of a newer thing. I had never really taken acting classes until college. Yeah, I just, I feel like you just have to be confident in your, in your potential and also know your passion is there to pick you up whenever you need it. You just got to work hard like anything else, like any other major. You're working hard. But in, the thing about musical theater is a lot of times, especially like if it's dance, like it's working hard physically. You have to put in literally the blood and the sweat <laughs> in order to make improvements. Um, but which I liked, I definitely like the physical aspect of dance. I've always said this, but I think that CCM is very, very good at teaching people that have dance potential, but aren't necessarily dancers to be, to be dancers. I think that that is one thing that they're very, very good at. And I feel like I walked away. I can now say that like, I'm a good dancer, which yeah, is something that I couldn't say before. Amazing. And I think to remember also that your child is going to people who want to be cheerleaders for them. It's all literally, they're supporting you. They're trying to make you better. Yeah. If you like put in the work, they're going to put in the work as well. And what would you say was, what was your biggest struggle with becoming the performer you are today? There's definitely more so than a lot of majors. I mean, musical theaters isn't, a very it's not a traditional thing to do and there's definitely a lot of judgment that can come depending on the community that you're in honestly there's definitely like a journey that you will take once you decide to do this in owning what you do and like owning the fact that you're an actor because once you start college for it it becomes like a part of you and you really start to identify as an actor even before you are graduated from school you start at school and you're like wow I'm doing this I'm going to college for theater to be an actor so like you're an actor and definitely people have their opinions on acting as a profession and even now that I'm graduated people it's a consistent battle just owning what you do because the thing is acting it's not necessarily only about the jobs that you do. It's also about the in-between time. Being an actor, you're not, especially right off the bat, you're not going to be doing things 100% of the time right away. Like, that's just a fact. And you have to accept that as part of the career and part of the journey that you're going to be on, both in school and out of school. Mm-hmm. And in, when you're in school, you're, you'll deal with that more so, like, Maybe you won't get cast one semester. Like you will not get the part that you wanted and you'll learn from it and you'll grow and it'll only help 
in those times in your career where you don't have an acting job for a couple months and you're working a job that maybe you like or maybe you don't, but it's not exactly what you went to school for. But the thing is, is that it's not just acting that is like that. There's other professions too. People go to school for one thing and then they end up doing another thing. It's like very normal. Right. But for some reason as an actor, people expect it. And people, it's funny. There's this thing going around right now that is the classic quote that actors hate to be asked. The quote is, so what's next for you? (laughs) And a lot of the time as an actor, you don't know what's next for you. And that's part of the beauty of it is like, it's all like a fluid thing that you honestly take it day by day Mm -hmm. and you have to be willing to go on that journey because that is a huge part of it you have to be comfortable with that yeah I feel like it almost takes a lifetime and maybe you're in a position to figure out how to embrace that much earlier on to be able to be content in the unknown of what is coming next you know yeah It's crazy because we actually, my freshman year of college, we actually studied that with my teacher, Vince DeGeorge, who I'm a huge fan of. Vince, if you're listening. Hello, Vince. (laughs) I miss you. I'm a fan too. Um, Yeah, we love you, Vince. Yeah, we actually studied like how to be comfortable in the unknown. That's not the only thing that I feel like I've found about working with Vince that I can apply to my real life, not just acting, but that is seriously a huge part of being an actor is literally both on stage and off working in the unknown and being comfortable, not knowing what's coming next and just accepting that and just living in it and not being scared of it, which a lot of people just have it all figured out and have everything lined up and that's it. And like, that's great. If if you like that, I personally don't like that. And that could be limiting too. For sure. There's definitely pros and cons to both. To having everything lined up, that's great. Like you have it all lined up, but then like you're doing the same thing all the time. I don't want to do that. As your mom and just thinking about you from like the time that you were a little kid, even now, you are very ordered and you do thrive with routine and you're very disciplined. Um, So for you to be able to balance both of those yeah that with so much of not knowing is I think a huge accomplishment it will serve you so well in life in general and to have the outlook of excitement towards what is to come and not fear that what's to come isn't going to be what you want it to be or it's right it's also not like There's a lot of actors, not a lot. There's actually one that I'm thinking of specifically, Josh Henry. If you don't follow Josh Henry on Instagram, you should, because he is a great influencer for positive thinking as an actor. He constantly talks about how everything's not instantly going to get better. And this is in every facet of life, but also as an actor, you can apply it. Everything's not instantly going to get better when you get a job when you get an acting job, mm. your life is not all of a sudden going to like be great. <laughs> and it's like anything else. Like you just assume that once I get an acting job, like everything's going to be great. And that's just not true. It's not true in any facet of life. You have to find comfort in and happiness in whatever you're doing. That that dream job is not going to all of a sudden make your life amazing. And you have to figure out how to just be happy with yourself. Exactly. No thing or person is going to make you happy you have to be able to 
figure out how your life and the things that you choose to do or not do fulfill you. Uh And that comes before bringing any other element in to make it that much more, but it can't be reliant on on what's happening. Yes. It has to be like if yeah. A constant. Yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah. I, I feel you. Yeah. So a lot of people don't know what summer stock is. That's an important thing for to people to know, especially I mean, maybe the kids know, but a lot of parents don't know. You know, what is summer stock and what value does it have? Summer stock specifically is shows that happen all over the country, specifically during the summer months, and employ a lot of young actors into their companies. So speaking from my experience, after freshman year of college, I worked at two different summer stock theaters, one of which that I got solely from sending in a tape. Like I literally like got a list of theaters from a friend that I went to school with. Um, and I recorded like an audition tape, like I did for pre-screens, like two songs contrasting in a monologue and maybe I think a dance video at the end, I just sent it to every single email. And I didn't hear back from a lot of them, but I heard back from one for the role of Frederick in Pirates of Penzance. And they asked if I could send in sides and a song from the show. And as like a callback, and I did, I sent it in and I got the job at Shenandoah Summer Music Theater at Shenandoah University. That was the second show that I did that summer. The first show I did was Joseph and the Amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat at Tulane Summer Lyric Theater at Tulane University in New Orleans, Louisiana, that partially got through a connection from school, also sent in a video. I did those two after freshman year. And you work with a lot of college students. I think everybody those two summers were college students besides for one guy that they brought in to play Major General in um, Pirates of Penzance. Is it important? Yeah. And what role does it play for your progression in your future career? I think like that it's equity, definitely important. People don't really know what equity oh, is. Well. Oh, yeah. I think it's definitely important because you get to work with people that are in other college musical theater programs, just another way to build connections. If you can do roles at summer stock theaters over the summer, you're going to be better off. You're going to have more experience. Yes, it boosts your resume, but it's more for experience. Being able to play roles in musicals at these professional theaters, you just have to step up, you know. And to put a show up in two weeks. Yeah, that's also a good experience. It can be shorter than that, too. I mean, that's a great experience, just learning things fast and on the fly and just being a smart actor. It'll just teach you a lot of lessons that you won't necessarily learn in class. A lot of like the best way to learn how to be a musical theater actor is just to do musicals, honestly. Mm-hmm. Um, and that gives you experience. I think that the experience of doing the show over and over again for a long period of time yeah, is also, that's also like really valuable. Yeah. I mean, that's in the end, that's like you're, that's what you're signing up for when you do this. That is like the career is doing that's a whole other thing. But you don't like really get in, to do that at school. You don't. No, you don't do that in college because you can't do shows for super long periods of time. And the equity yeah. part of it. So some theaters will offer you what's called equity points and you can join. It's called the EMC program. And basically it's like a beginning program to become a member of Actors Equity. You sign up. If you're working at a theater that's like an equity house and they're going to like give you points, you get one point a week 
Um, you need, to, and it used to be 50 points that you needed to do. Now it's 25 points. It's as simple as it sounds. If you do 25 weeks of shows at an equity house, you can get your equity card. You can also get your equity card if a theater just gives it to you. You don't need to have 25 points. You could also just get it working like at certain theaters. You have to be equity to work there. Like if you like book a Broadway show and you're not equity, you have to become equity. They get you your equity card. It's up to the theater to say like, okay, we're giving him the full points because we want him to work for us. Yes, that's up to the theater. Yeah, but there's also, if you're starting out doing summer stock, a lot of the theaters won't be equity theaters. You still get paid, but you just won't be working towards getting your equity card, which is fine. Mm -hmm. there, there's really no rush like for doing that. Like that'll come in time. And also like you don't have to be equity to be a professional actor i don't think that we have to like go deep into like all that stuff there's nothing better than the feeling of like getting paid to act for the first time it's yeah. such a good affirmation that they're going to uh -huh. get paid to do this thing that they're going to school for and that they love and that this is a reality oh. it's not just a dream so that's summer stock in a nutshell and then you spent a good part of your senior year preparing for showcase, which is what and what does that give you? So showcase is a thing that a lot of musical theater programs offer. And basically it's a show that you put together that showcases the entire senior class and what you want ideally is for your school to take the showcase to New York and do the showcase for agents in the industry, agents and casting directors and just everybody that has positions in the musical theater industry in New York city. Just a great way to catapult yourself into the industry out of college. It's the same thing as like you go to school for business and your school has job fairs and gets you hooked up with some interviews or like jobs, like, for when you graduate and hopefully you can like get a job lined up. It's kind of the same thing, except as an actor, you get an agent. That's the goal from showcase is to get an agent that can help get you auditions and can get you connected with the people that you need to be connected with to be successful as the actor. Showcase is just the students like in a raw setting, no lights, no costumes, nothing. You're just wearing street clothes, something you feel good in, and you're literally like doing like an audition, except it's in the show format. Everyone sang two cuts and everything just flowed from one song to the other. Technically, you were supposed to have one song that was a solo and one song that had backup. Me personally, both my songs, I had other people in them. That was a choice that I made. But all schools do things differently. It was a short show, it was quick, it was entertaining. The agents don't want to sit through a lot of I could see them going through their paperwork as each one of you would come up. And it was just so, so intriguing. Being that we lived not too far from CCM, we got to a lot of shows and seeing your class perform, I really do feel like you were all at the top of your game. This is the only showcase I'm seeing, but you just think, wow, like they're going to work. Yeah. I was just so impressed. Yeah. We got to see the senior showcase my senior year of high school mm -hmm. as part of my deciding factor of going. Yeah. We got to see the 
After showcase. Yeah, so you basically did your showcase and then you got reached out to by these agencies. So you had to set up appointments with them. And everybody met with different agencies and some people met with some managers too, which are very similar to agents, but managers aren't supervised under Actors Equity where agents have to follow contracts managed by Actors Equity and managers are not. Yeah, the next three weeks or so after Showcase um, was spent meeting with agencies and going to their offices. At this point, I was here for a month after graduating. So you schedule a time to meet with them. Did you end up scheduling a time with everyone? I schedule a time with with every single one. And I remember talking to you about like what you wear. Yeah, just like going to an audition. People say like wear what you would wear like out on the date. Something that you Mm -hmm. feel like good in. Like you feel comfortable. You feel attractive. Mm -hmm. And when you're going to audition, it's the same thing. Just wear shows off your essence. When you go, are they yeah. giving you a presentation or is it a dialogue? CCM was great because they kind of like walked us through like what we should kind of trying to be finding out about the agencies. And obviously I tried to do my research before I went and met with these people and find out a little bit about what they're about. But then I kind of had like certain questions that I would ask. Just some basic questions like what kind of projects they deal with. Um, size of their agency being like how many clients they have. And also I wanted to just get to know the agents themselves as people. And I wanted to make sure that I was working with people that I felt like I got along with and that I felt like there was a balance between professionalism. And also I didn't want to necessarily like be able to be friends with these people, but I wanted to feel comfortable talking to them on a regular basis. Because in the end, people say your agency is technically working for you, but you're also, you're collaborating with them. Like anything you want to be along with them. You know what I mean? Feel comfortable around them. Are you sitting in a room full of a bunch of people or do you meet with somebody and then they pass you on to somebody? Um, Well, some agencies are only one person. Some agencies are bigger. Most of them, if there were, let's say four agents in the entire office, Either the first time I went, I met with all four, or if I was seriously considering them, I would mm-hmm. meet with one or two, and then I went back and I met, made sure that I and met how everybody. did what did it come down to for you in terms of your final decisions? I feel like the main thing was the people. And also, I wanted to know that it was a successful agency, and there's different ways that you can kind of find that out based on like who their clients are, what projects they're working on, what projects they have clients in. I wanted to know that my agent could get me into the rooms that I wanted to be in because I would talk about this in the meetings and I would say I feel confident in myself and I feel like if I can be at the right place at the right time, I can deliver and I just want to make sure that whoever I'm working with can provide me with those opportunities because in the end, that's what an agent's job is to do is to get you in the rooms with the people that you need to be in the rooms with mm-hmm. so that you can, you can make the impression because in the end, it, it comes down to you you know, but they are a tool to help you help your career. But yeah, it was that. And it was the people. I felt like the agency that I decided to go with, I felt like I really liked, I felt like I got along like genuinely with the people. And I felt like they understood what I was about and what I was looking for in my career and the trajectory of my career. And I explained to them what I foresaw for myself in 10 years and they were on board and really they cared, you know, and that was important to me. And like I said, just like choosing a college, it was 
based a lot based on feel. I had two meetings with them and I very much like felt, I felt it. I know the answer to this, but um, I didn't. So do you pay them to work for you? So you don't pay them out of pocket. You pay them based on contracts that you do. So like I said, they're monitored by Actors' Equity. So the rule with Actors' Equity is your agent gets 10% of every equity contract that you do. Mm-hmm. And it comes right out of your paycheck like a tax. And- There's a lot of benefits like any union. It gives you priority at additions. You can sign up for additions online. Whereas if you're not equity, you can't sign up online and you have to basically like wait on a wait list. Um, whereas you can sign up for a specific time on your equity profile and you can show up at the specific time in audition, which is very much a benefit when you're auditioning frequently. Also, you have the option to buy into uh, health insurance and Mm -hmm. there's also pension benefits as well, like 401k. The only thing about the 401k that be, it depends on the specific contract. I personally would recommend, and this is getting into like finance stuff, but I would recommend doing Roth IRA as your main which serves the same purpose as 401k and then buying into 401k when you do have that opportunity. I'm pretty sure the only contracts that do offer 401k are production contracts, which are the highest level equity contract that you can do. Meaning that like a Broadway show is a production contract and some Hmm. national tours are also production contracts. Going to logistics. So after showcase, after Uh you spent the month there interviewing, you had already lined up summer stock mm-hmm. shows so you went to st louis and did your shows and you had to figure mm-hmm. out where mm-hmm. you were going to live when you were going to move there start thinking about mm-hmm. what mm-hmm. you were going to do for income on the side so how did you do those things so if you are going to school for musical theater more than likely you're going to end up in new york after you graduate and so I decided that the route that I was going to go was I wasn't going to sign a lease right away. And I was going to sublet, if you don't, I'm not familiar with that, meaning that I was going to stay in other people's fully furnished rooms when they are out of town. I've been here for almost a month now, and I'm staying at a friend of a friend's apartment. My friend that graduated a year before me, I posted in the CCM group, and this friend reached out to me and said that they had a friend that was in Dubai doing a tour I'm, I'm living with two other actors, by the way. Usually you're going to be doing it with actors because actors are constantly going in and out of town for jobs. And this person was overseas doing a job and I stayed in his room for the first month. And I just actually just yesterday moved all my stuff into the room next door because when I got here, one of the other roommates said that he was going away on a contract conveniently exactly when I needed a room for the next month. And I was like, all right, sweet. Do you mind if I take your room while you're away? And he was like, yeah, of course. A lot of apartments, even if you're living with roommates, there's one person that pays the rent and everyone else pays them. And you went to New York with two suitcases. Yeah. Um, It's definitely weird living without your things. One, One reason why I feel like I'm, okay with living this lifestyle of like living in other people's spaces first of all i'm not like weird about like sleeping in someone else's bed some people just like Mm -hmm. can't do that Mm -hmm. and yeah i like not having much with Mm -hmm. me i feel like it's kind of freeing in a way to not have all this stuff weighing you down like if i needed to i could go somewhere with all of my stuff right now 
be fine. Literally everything that I have for months and months somewhere. Be fine. Yeah. I have enough with me. I was trying to only bring one suitcase, but I thought with this, with the seasons changing, I couldn't. And I wish that I could, because that would be even more ideal. If I literally had just one suitcase to my name, that would be nice (laughs) because two suitcases are heavy. I mean, it's amazing. Like really you, it makes me realize like really you don't need that much Mm -hmm. to live. And you mentioned about headshots. So you had headshots that were really good, but they, they're a few years old. I think they Uh, still look like you. Why uh, did you feel like it was necessary to get those done again? Were you told by your agency? Was that just something that you feel like was time to do? Does it really make that much of a difference? So I chose not to get new headshots at the end of my senior year, like going into showcase, because I had heard from friends that your agents like to recommend headshot photographers that they prefer. And I knew that having a fresh headshot wasn't going to get me the agent that I wanted. I didn't really believe in that. I didn't think that that was going to make any difference for me personally. And I wanted my agent to be able to take their pick at who they wanted me to shoot with. So yeah, I waited it out. I got pictures taken sophomore year of college mm-hmm. um, by a friend that I was doing Pirates of Penzance with, actually, who took pictures for me for super, super cheap. And they were great and served their purpose. It was definitely time for me to get new ones. And I paid the big bucks. I actually just sent the album. I reached out to my agents and I asked because they have a good idea of the essence of what they want the picture to portray. When you said they did your makeup, yeah. I was like, hmm, I wonder what that's going to look like. And it just looks like you with a little bit more color. It's like somebody airbrushed your face or something. They look uh-huh. so good. You just look like so vibrant. Also, just like a liveliness is coming off of there. Even when you're not smiling, energy is just going. Mm. Uh-huh. Yeah, I'm excited really about good. that. And work. So... What was your thinking of the financial situation that, and what position you wanted to be in? Did you give it much thought? Yeah, I always knew personally that I wanted to make sure that I, when I was making this move to New York, that I felt very comfortable financially. And I definitely took the time to prepare for that. Um, And so I had a job that I did on the side in college for three years, my sophomore through my senior year as a server at a restaurant right by campus, literally like on my walk to campus from the house that I lived at off campus. And at some points, like I worked just one day a week, like on my one day off, I would work. Um, And it definitely like was a sacrifice for sure, because there were some things that I missed out on, but in the end it was very much a smart decision because I built up a savings that now that I'm in New York, I feel very comfortable. And I was fortunate enough to get a job within my first week here in New York as a bartender. And my girlfriend, Bryn, her sister works, has worked at this restaurant for a long time in the West Village. And she recommended me. So I got a position bartending my first week here. So I have all that savings saved up. And now that I have this job, I don't have to burn through too, too much of that in my first couple months here. Yeah, I definitely think that it's important to keep that in mind. Keep keep in mind like the reality of the transition and like how much money everything is really going to cost because things start to add up between 
headshots and rent and going out with friends and just switching. A lot of things have to change in your lifestyle and you just have to be conscious, conscious financially. And I think that it's important to educate yourself on ways to be smart with your money and budgeting mm-hmm. and investing and all that stuff. You would work till 3 a.m. sometimes? Most days that I was working, it was a Saturday night. So yeah, we would I would get there at 5.15 and some, some weekend 6. Mm. And I would be out of oh there gosh. earliest 3, latest 4. Yeah, I mean, you, it's just a lot of discipline and just so different from the college experience that I remember personally and then seeing Ellie. Yeah, it was definitely different for sure. It was just busy, just a busy, definitely wasn't a typical college experience. What Um, was the biggest sacrifice? Biggest sacrifice was missing out on just some like fun nights I feel like that people had that I didn't experience because I was working. And do you feel like now that it's done, you still feel like you really missed out? No. I never felt like I really missed out. I wouldn't have done it if I felt like I was like really missing out. I had plenty of nights that like I made those memories and had fun. Like that's one of the reasons I got it. It was like those nights, I didn't need them twice or three times a week. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like needed it once every two or three weeks. And like that satisfied me. It also just gave me experience on like what the grind is really like. Like I grinded like harder than I feel like most people experience at that age you know what i mean which prepared me for now yeah as of right now at least in this transition mode like yeah i have a job and i'm auditioning and doing stuff but i feel like my life is the easiest that it's been in a really long time <laughs> which is crazy to say how are you keeping up your physicality your dance your voice your acting mm-hmm. a lot of it is just self-study try to make it a goal every day to do at least one thing that is progressing. And this is something that I learned from a a professor at CCM shared this piece of advice. Do one thing every day that is progressing your acting career, at least one thing, whether it's exercising, whether it's looking over your music, rearranging your music book, um, reading a play, um, editing your website, sitting down at the piano and singing through a song or just something that is benefiting what you came here to do because a lot of it is um, this is another piece of advice that I've heard from other people you can't rely on someone giving you a job to be an artist you can't wait for permission to be an artist you have to make it for yourself every day no matter what it is mm-hmm. um, yeah and that's all part of doing it you got to do it yourself sometimes and Mm -hmm. remind yourself of your passion for it. And yeah, just do something every day that, that Mm -hmm. moves you in the right direction. Yeah. I think it takes a lot of Mm self-awareness to keep yourself up Mm -hmm. to where you need to be when the opportunity comes. Yeah. There's this, there's this, this rap song out right now that has this quote that I really like. If you stay ready, you ain't got to get ready. Mm-hmm. If you're always ready, you never have to prepare because you're always ready. Mm-hmm. You're always cocked and ready to go. I'm a big believer in that. Like you shouldn't wait for the opportunity to come and then rush, rush, rush to prepare. You should just always be ready for the time to come. And when it mm-hmm. comes, you're just like, Oh yeah, like I got this. Like I've, 
I'm I'm always prepared. So like, yeah, it doesn't matter what day it, it comes, whether it's tomorrow or in three months. Like I'm re- I'll be ready tomorrow, but I'll and I'll be ready in three months, no matter what. That's so true. And finding your way around the city and everything. I know you've been there a bunch of times, but now that you're actually like there, living there, is it different? Like, yeah. I mean, is anything difficult? in navigating or are you finding it to be really easy um i feel like every day i get a little bit more comfortable obviously living in new york is very unique there are a lot of unique aspects about it but in the end most days you're going to your job or you're going to your normal places that you go your girlfriend's house your friend's house the restaurant that you go to on the corner or the grocery store just like everybody else does in every other town except you're in new york you know, it's not, you don't, when you think of New York, you think of doing all of these things, but like, you don't actually have to do that. You know, you can do that. And that's what's, what New York is great for is like, you can wake up every day and be like, oh, I'm going to go do this one thing out of the million things you can do in New York City because you're in New York City. But also if you wake up and you don't want to do anything, you can make pancakes at your apartment and watch a movie just like you can wherever anyway. you're from. Yeah. Right. And so you don't have to go and it's easy to like feel this pressure because you're in New York to go do all these amazing things and go to all these amazing places. But in the end, you don't have to do that if you don't want to. It's available to you. It's available, which is the really cool thing. Your life. I mean, it's like you're, that's where you live. Right. Exactly. Um, But definitely every day it gets more comfortable and every day I feel more so like I'm very much here as far as my perspective on New York, it definitely has shifted in the past five months for sure. Because it went from like the place that I came for spring break every year in college or a place that I came to see Broadway shows like for a four-day period to where I live. And that's a very different thing. I've become very familiar with different areas that like I never even went to in my coming to New York for fun. Yeah. And it definitely just like tears things down to size a little bit. Shrinks the city like in a very good way. You know what I mean? Like it doesn't feel like very unmanageable anymore. It's actually like a very small, not, it's not a small little place. Geographically, Manhattan is not big, but yeah, my perspective has changed and, but in all good ways, for sure. In terms of, you know, I feel like one of the really important things about the school that you go to for your program is Mm -hmm. networking. How has that come into play for you so far in the course of your college years and mm-hmm. now and how you foresee it going forward. I think that the biggest benefit of the connections is just the student connections and coming to New York. When I tell everybody that I'm meeting at this new job that I'm doing that I've been here for three weeks, everyone's like, Oh, oh my gosh. Like you just got here. Like, are you scared? Are you, <laughs> like, what's it like? And all this stuff. And I'm like, actually it's not, it is definitely a huge change, obviously. But it is nice knowing that there's a bunch of people that went to my school and that I know from these camps and this is kind of like tying everything together in a way that like is all all here pursuing the same thing that I'm pursuing that I do have a history with. That's comforting that I'm not coming here as a complete stranger and all these people in the city are strangers. Kind of funny story about that. Like literally the first day that I got off the train when coming here in September, I got off the train at my stop in Harlem and was walking up the stairs with my suitcases. And I got up the first two flights and there was another few flights to go. And up behind me came my roommate from the summer in St. <laughs> Louis, literally like right up behind me. He was like, Hey, what's up? <laughs> um, and that happens 
all the time in New York, literally like more than once a week. You're on the train and like you see somebody that you know or you're walking on the street. Everyone is around, especially if you're here as an actor and you went to school for musical theater or acting or whatever. You're going to see people that you know everywhere, mm-hmm. literally everywhere. And it makes the city feel very small. I love that, especially now for you and just it being new. That familiar mm-hmm. in the unfamiliar makes such a difference. Yeah. I like that familiarity for sure. And also I highly suggest when you move here, live near friends because that's the most important thing to have your community mm. around, close by. And what about networking professionally? How do you feel like you're set up in that way coming from a school like CCM? So, I mean, just going to a school for this, like you're just innately going to meet people graduates of the program or people that they bring in that are involved in the industry that are just good people to know obviously like they're not gonna make you successful but they're definitely good people to know yeah that's a whole another extension of community that Mm -hmm. just exists even though it's not people that you would recognize by face there's got to be some level of comfort in knowing that like there's this whole years and years of graduates who have gone before you who, if you were to reach out to them, I mean, thinking about you being in that position one day and somebody reaching out to you, I think that you would be like, yeah, hey. Like, yeah, of course. Yeah. Yeah, it's just a common ground for sure. I mean, not even if you went to the same school, just like I feel like everyone is just trying to support each other no matter what. Mm-hmm. And on the lines of that it never hurts to reach out to somebody i'm a big believer in that never hurts to ask Mm -hmm. for someone's help yeah i think everyone can help everyone in some way it may not be immediate but you'd be surprised up the line how out of the blue you Mm -hmm. know someone who you would never expect to be the bridge to somebody else is And what is your social life like? I see friends when I can. I see Bryn, my girlfriend, when I can. And it's great because everyone lives close together. So, like, it's not hard, like, to go somewhere at a moment's notice. And your free time. What are you looking to do with your free time? Well, it just depends on the day. Some days I'm looking to kind of recharge. Other days I'm looking to do something adventurous. I like exercising. I like sightseeing and going into places in New York that I haven't been since I'm new here. I kind of still feel like tourist inspiration. Like me and Bryn walked the Brooklyn Bridge for the first time the other day. That was really fun. But yeah, stuff like that just depends on the day. Kind of take it. And what about your friends from home? Are you in touch with them? How do you keep in touch with them? Very much in touch with them. Keep in touch through Instagram over text message, phone calls, FaceTime, Snapchat, all kinds of things. Constantly back and forth banter. Always, every Mm -hmm. day. And whether or not you're participating in it, you're in the group no matter what (laughs) and, like, you're seeing it. So, like, Uh you still feel like you're connected even if you're not, like, really engaging. Still very close with my friends from home. Now that I'm in New York, I'm very much encouraging all of them to come out here and live the local New Mm -hmm. York life for a couple days. That's so great. Um, That's the great thing about being in New York, too, is, like, everyone wants to come here. And also just, like, having someone that you know that lives here is a great excuse to come just because 
I can't wait to come now that you're living there. It's exciting. I know. I was just thinking, we could, I mean, it doesn't have to be this super planned out thing. Doesn't at all. Yeah. Well, I just feel like it's been such a great transition. Like you were so ready to do this. I have always believed in you and that great things will come. It's just waiting and seeing and I'm super excited and so confident that it's just a matter of time. I'm excited too. You got to believe in yourself. That's a big part of it. Believe in what you have to offer. Yep. And you have so, so much to offer. It's exciting. (laughs) Okay. Thank you so much. I think that people are going to be like super, super fascinated. I mean, there's just so much of this part that you don't even think about yet. Yeah. You know? Yeah. You don't think about once you graduate. No. When you're. When you're applying. But you It's not even in your head. Yeah. Yeah. You definitely should. You don't even know what to think about. You know? Mm -hmm. I mean, you just think about, as a parent, about working. Like, what's it going to take for them to be able to work? You know? Mm -hmm. Support themselves. But all of that other stuff in between, I have no idea. Yeah. It'll be helpful for sure. It's good. Mm. Yep, yep, yep. All right, honey. Well, I love you so much, and thank you, you for doing this. I of really course. appreciate it, and all of your pay it forward wisdom. It's such a gift, well, to me, <laughs> but also to so many people who are don't even know yet. They don't know, but they will soon. They will. All right. I love you. Good night. Love you. All right, Talk to you again. soon. All right. Okay. Love you. Love Bye. you. Bye. So there you have it. That is Frankie and his best at an attempt to really answer all of my questions and share with you openly and honestly about it all from the beginning until now. I love that in the background you can hear the city noise and sirens and horns. It's like in my mind when I think about what that looked like probably as he was sitting there, it is kind of surreal um, that that's my son and he is 22 and has done this and is doing it. It's amazing. He just said some really good things that I took a couple notes on. I like to call things like this good nuggets. I loved what he said about the advice that he took to heart. That you can't rely on someone giving you a job to be an artist. That you have to make it for yourself. And how he tries to do something every day to continue to progress towards that reality. Um, And the other thing he said, which was also advice that he shared, was always be ready. Of course, we're talking about him and his journey to becoming an actor. 
but it's just all really good life stuff. You know, it's stuff that really in my heart that I value more than academia because it's the stuff that really makes you who you are, that you take to heart and fold into who you're becoming that really makes you you. And it just makes me really proud of the person that he is and the person he's becoming. I would love to hear from you. I would love to hear about how your process is going. If you would like any insight on a specific topic, I'm here as a resource. If you have any suggestions on where I should make this linkable or findable, I would love to hear from you about that. I am on Instagram and Facebook at Processing the Process PTP. On Apple Podcasts, for some reason, I am findable there under my name, Lisa Tams, and that's just L-I-S-A-T-H-A-M-S. Lastly, you can message me on Messenger, which is PTP hyphen Lisa Tams. I hope this will help navigate where you're at and where you're going in this process with your child. Wishing you ease in the process, peace, calmness, <laughs> and excitement. I hope that you will share this with someone that you know would benefit from listening. All right. Be well. I'll be back soon. Thanks again.